0: Who's ready to exercise? Woo-hoo! Yeah. All right. Well, we're exercising our faith this morning, all right? That's what we're doing. We're in the book of James, and we're, we're, it's, we're saying it's time to exercise our faith as we dig into this. You can lower the camera a little bit for Mr. Shorty up here. Um, so, so we're digging into this. All right. Uh, so we're learning practical lessons uh, in the book of James. James is such a good book. There's so much practical in there. How many of you have joined us in the reading plan? Just show of hands if you joined us in the reading plan. Thank you. That's so encouraging. If you don't know what that means or what that is, maybe you're new around here. Uh, we do books of the Bible here at New Hope, and when we do that, we want to get you into the Word of God throughout the week, and so we create these things called a reading plan or a series guide. If you want to join us, you're, you read the verses or the chapters that we're going to study on the Sunday. So you read beforehand, and then you get to hear about it on Sunday. So if you want one of those, grab them on your way out. They're on the table in between there or those online. You can see it on our app, our mobile app. It's on there. Uh, you can go on our web MyNewHope.tv forward slash James. We try to make it simple uh, to find all that information. And with that series guide, we also are going to be kicking off today a series of 21 days of prayer and fasting starts today. All right? Some of you are like, I already screwed up this morning, right? I'm already like, oops. Uh, we're going to talk more about that today, this morning, um, and today's Commitment Sunday. We'll get there in just a little bit. You probably sat down on a card. Uh, we're going to use that card by the end of the sermon, okay? And so if you even want to while I'm preaching, you get bored, you can start filling that out, all right? Um, or if you want to draw little flowers on the corners. I see all sorts of doodles and people's stuff that you leave behind. It's fun. Uh, so I've had people like draw me and like give it to me like here. I was bored. Here's your picture um, No, they weren't bored it's, uh, People learn that way, right? Like some people you just need to doodle and do that kind of stuff. It's awesome um, So uh, So we're gonna do that in a little bit now in this series We also always do memory verses because we don't want to just read god's word We want to hide it in our heart. We want to be in god's word. Let it get in us. Amen And so here's our memory verse uh, for the first half of the book of james I just talked about that. Here's the memory verse. Um, let's read it all out loud together. Blow my hair back if you can. Here we go. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Isn't that good? Yeah. Who wants some wisdom? I do. Okay, just a handful of people. All right. All um, right. I'm opening my my app because I almost forgot that we're going to read the Bible here in a minute, um, and I wasn't ready. So, so, um, so w- what we're doing around here, we're in the book of James, and this was a part of last week's full passage that we talked about, asking God for wisdom. The cool thing is, it's a promise. He says, I will give it to you. Like, you ask, he gives. That's how relationships work, right? It's a give and take, and it's a, it's a communication back and forth, and God can do that, and he wants to do that in your life. So start praying, God, will you give me wisdom? Will you help me have understanding that I don't have right now, right, and, uh, and dig into that? Now, we're going to read the passage that we're digging into this morning in James chapter 1. We're reading verses 19 through 27 is what we're digging into this morning, and just like last week, I know some of you may be ready for this because we did it new last week that some of you aren't ready for this, but... We're doing something new here at New Hope, and we're going to stand together in honor of God's Word as we read this passage before we dig into the message. And so if you would stand uh, with me, if you're able to, if you're not, that's okay, but if you're able to, um, stand with me as I read this passage, and if you have your Bibles, I always encourage you to bring your Bibles, whether it's on an app or a physical copy, and jump into James 1 with me. I'm reading from the NIV, so I don't know what version, some of you read in different versions, that's okay, Um, but that's what I'm reading in this morning, all right? So let's read the passage for this morning. James chapter 1, um, verses 19 through 27. This is what it says. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet not and yet, do not keep a tight rein on their tongue, deceive themselves, and the religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the word. God, as we dig into this today, more than anything, we need you to speak. We need you, Holy Spirit, to enlighten your word to each of us. Wherever we're coming from, whatever we need, we trust you have a word for us this morning and so we give it to you thank you for your word in Christs name everybody said amen amen, amen. everybody say victory. victory all right that's what we're going to keep talking about today you can have a seat last week that was our main talk right we're talking about victory walking into 2023 walking our relationship with Christ with victory walking into other things in a victory that's what we want to experience is victory right we have victory and this was the good news we have victory over sin right? Through Jesus Christ, which is awesome. We also have victory over the world in Jesus Christ, that we can have victory in both realms, because our sin is forgiven because of the blood of Christ on the cross. He paid for our penalty of sin. Woo! Amen. But that's where some of you just leave it. Well, I'm just victory. I'm saved. I just got to get through life, right? It's like, no, you can have victory in this world, meaning you can have victory over temptation. You can have victory in trials. You can have victory in growth, that that God wants you to walk in some victory in your life. And we're going deep into that because there's some things that some of you need to walk into victory over, especially in the season of prayer and fasting, right? And I'm hoping you've come already prayed up, prepared. If you were here last week, that's what we walked into. We said, here's your homework. Get ready. Get ready for this season to start. Get ready and, and let, let your commitment, like make your commitment. Decide what you're going to fast from, what your objective is, why are you fasting, what are you praying for to see God work, and let Him uh, work in your life, okay? And so, so that's what we're praying for as we dig into this. All right, so everybody ready? Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to drink some water, and then we're going to start. Here we go. Um... I've had a chance and opportunity, because of the different things I've done, uh, whether it's been serving on um, church boards or our mid-Atlantic, converged mid-Atlantic board, I've traveled a lot, and I've, I've gotten to go to a lot of different places, which has been awesome, and I don't, has anybody flown, like have you ever flown before, anybody flown before, has anybody ever flown first class, fl- like from first class, um, there's, there's a difference, is there not? <clears throat> I've, I, I usually am the chief cheap ticket buyer. Like, I'm the one that finds the $12 flight to Orlando. I'm that guy, right? I'm like, like, cheapskate. And even if it's not my money, I still do it that way. Like, if it's like somebody's paying for me to travel somewhere, I'm like, I'll just get the cheapest ticket. That's how I fly. <clears throat> but there was one time we were flying back from Lynchburg, Virginia. I had to do this thing down at Liberty University for Converge, and there was a tornado. So that's fun. And so I got stuck there, and all the flights wouldn't go out. We had to rent a car, drive from Lynchburg to Charlotte, and so that, I don't know how many hours that was. And then to catch the flight, we could get back to get to, to Cleveland and then all that kind of stuff. Well, they were so nice, they put us in first class because they said, you guys have been through a lot, and me and my buddy, um, Rob. And so they put us up in first class, never flown first class. It's a small plane, but still, it's a different experience, right? They're handing me a, a drink that I'm like, I didn't order this. All the flights I fly in, you pay for everything. It's like your, your butt and that's all you're paying for, right? And it's like a billion dollars for luggage, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, but first class is nice, y'all. Like, they take care of you, um, and they, they, they give you things, and they treat you differently. Like, they just do. Now, that was a great experience. It made me wish I could afford that more often, but, you know, I can't always afford that. Um, especially, like, on a long flight. That'd be wonderful. Typically, where I get to sit is near the back of the plane near the bathroom. Now, have you ever sat in the back of the plane near the bathroom? Yeah. It's a different experience, is it not, from first class? because you don't know what people ate. There, there's the scientific fact that there's more gas produced on airplanes than any other travel transportation, I believe. People get nervous, their tummies get nervous, and, right, it just, things happen. <laughs> and I've sat around some people that I'm like, oh, man, oh, man. There was a moment where I was okay wearing a mask, right? Like, like I'm okay wearing a mask on this plane because I wish I had an extra filter, like come on now. Like it was just not fun, especially in the bathroom and somebody just blows it up and then comes out and then they go to the front of the plane. You're like, thank you for that. I've sat on flights the whole time where you had to sit like this. A completely different experience than first class. Now, what's the difference between sitting in the back of the plane and the front of the plane? The cost, right? It costs more to sit in the front of the plane. It costs more to be in first class, to, to fly that way. It costs way less to sit in the back of the plane and get a completely, I would say, lesser than experience. Now, why am I talking about this? Well, because some of us in our spiritual life are flying in the back of the plane. When God is asking, would you do some things to fly in the front of the plane in first class with me? Because I believe Jesus is in first class. Now, this is no, I'm not talking about money, okay? I'm talking about the difference between first class and the back of the plane is cost, And I think God calls us to live into a higher level in our relationship with Him, but it comes with a cost. You can't expect first-class treatment and pay backseat money. You can't do that spiritually. You can't expect for, like, first-class high rate, like, all-in with Jesus when you're only paying for spiritually or only doing the things that are the minimal. You can't do it. There's a difference between just being a believer, like I believe in God, and being a disciple, I'm becoming like Christ. There's a big difference. There's a gap. Y'all with me? And so we're, we're jumping into 2023, and we are calling us, all of us, into a different level. Prayer and fasting is a part of the cost of flying first class with Jesus. It's a part of the cost of experiencing Him in a deeper and, and um, more real way. It's a part of discipleship. Remember last week, we talked about Jesus' teaching, and it wasn't like, maybe if you kind of think about fasting maybe sometime, like Him, it was when you fast. It was an expectation that if you're a Christ follower, it's a part of your life. It's a part of what you do to go deeper with God on a regular basis. And so that's why we do it corporately here as a church body at the beginning of every year, because I want to help you get there too. I want all of us to jump in into this season of prayer and fasting. There is a big difference between a believer and a disciple, we, here at New Hope, we, we define disciple this way. A disciple is somebody who's surrendered to God, changed by the Holy Spirit, and living and looking like Jesus. That's a disciple. It's somebody who's surrendered to God. I meaning you live your life with God open-handed. Whatever you want from me, God. The Holy Spirit's in you, and you're growing. You look different a, a year, you look different than you did a year ago, right? Like, you're changing, and you're growing, and you're looking not more like the world, you're looking more like Christ, that's what a disciple is. That's what a disciple does. But some of us want that first class, but we live down here in just the believer section about God. A believer, this is what a believer does. A believer comes to the cross where a disciple gets on the cross. A believer retreats to safety when things happen, but a disciple embraces suffering and pushes through in perseverance. We learned that last week, right? A believer cheers from the sidelines. Yay, yay, this is neat, this is awesome. Yay, yay, yay. A disciple gets in the game, right? Right? They're giving. They're using their talents. They're serving other people. A believer is comfort-driven where a disciple is purpose-driven. They're willing to sacrifice to make sure God wants to do what He wants to do. A believer just comes to church where a disciple is the church. A believer uh, is, sets on just believing in Jesus. A disciple is about being like Jesus. A believer reads the Word, but a disciple lives out the Word. A believer talks where a disciple leads by example. They do. Do you see the difference? Back row, flight. First class with God. Which do you want? I could just pray and we can go home, right? Like this is challenging. As I was working on this sermon this week, this is a tough week. Anytime I know we go into prayer and fasting, the the leader gets the biggest bullseye. It's been like spiritual just boom, 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 boom on me. And so if you want to pray for your pastor's um, and, and all of us as a team. That's what I'm saying. Pray for protection for us. I mean, this week, our family got sick. I got sick. Nikki got sick. I didn't have this sermon done until like Friday at 4.30, which is not normal for Tim. Like, I'm usually Wednesday, maybe into Thursday. It was just one of those kind of weeks. And I, the whole time, I'm like, God, this is what I want. I want this. I'm willing. I want to walk closer and deeper with you. This is true for anything in life, Right? If you want to grow in Christ, if you want to grow in anything, you can't wish it to be true. You've got to work it to be true. You, you can't wish and hope. Hope is, it doesn't do anything if it's just there. Hope put into action produces growth. You've got to work it to be true. You've got to do some things. You've got to put disciplines in your life. You've got to move, grow, and change if you want to go deeper with Christ. If you're unsettled and you're unsatisfied with God, I would say it's not really God's fault because God is who God is. It's probably our fault for not pursuing him the way he wants us to. Now, I'm not saying any of this to make you feel guilty because I don't know where you're at this morning and some of you are like, dang, we're just like, he's just like, pew, 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 right away, right? Like, <laughs> simmer down, Tim, simmer down. I want to give you some hope, okay? <laughs> I, I want us to get into this word. I want us to understand it. I want to understand the challenge of what God wants us to do. I want us to not be the same person spiritually today as we will be a year from now, Right? I want us to grow. I want you to grow. I want me to grow. I want to continue to grow. And so that's why we're getting into the book of James, because it is a growth book. <laughs> it will challenge you, and it will make you think and grow. Okay, so, so let's hop into it. Um, let's let's start, start in verse 19 then. And let's got, go into this. Oh, oh this is like—I forgot to say this. This is like the big point of what I just all talked about. Disciples establish disciplines. Disciples establish disciplines. Believers show up and experience, and that's all. They, that's where you leave it. I believe in God, and that's a good thing. The, the reality is, Jesus said, "Well, it's good to believe in God. Even the even the demons believe in God, right? They know He's there. The difference is, disciples establish disciplines. They put what they know into action. They come up with a plan, and they start living into that plan, right?" And they start growing. Disciples establish disciplines. Okay, so now now let's hop into it. James uh, chapter 1. So James, the book of James, we didn't really do an intro into the book last week, so let me just give it like a two-second intro into the book. So this book uh, was written by James, who was the younger brother of Jesus, right? Um, So Jesus' father was God, right? And then Mary was his mother, well, James had Joseph as a dad and Mary as a mother, all right? So, so James, imagine being the little brother of Jesus. Like the whole, like one of the, I mean, think about this. Like for a little brother to believe that your older brother is the Messiah, what would he have to do, right? <laughs> like what would your older sibling have to do to prove that, yeah, I am the Messiah, the Son of God. Like, come on now. And for a long time, we actually see, we see that most of his siblings didn't believe, like, We don't see them throughout the rest of the scripture. We don't see them as the followers, as disciples. Like, except for James, James becomes a leader. Like, and and so I'm assuming with James, once his brother rose from the dead and then ascended into heaven, he's like, "Oh, now I get it. You must be the Messiah." And so here is James writing one of the one of the earliest New Testament letters. Okay. So this is one of the first letters in the New Testament that was written was the book of James to the churches, to the, to the 12 tribes, to, to the, the Jews to help them understand and believe in Jesus and how to walk into this new thing, this new covenant, this new relationship with God. And so uh, so here is James writing this and encouraging us, okay? And, and so let's read it again, okay? Here we go. Everybody ready if you are? Say yep. yep. Okay, so he says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Why? Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. This, have you ever heard the phrase, you have two ears and one mouth, you should listen twice as much as to speak? Has anybody said that to your kids? Like, your mama said that, and all of a sudden, uh, it happens. You get old, you start saying the things your parents said, you know, like, where did that come from? It's because they've been telling you the whole time. Like, this uh, it's kind of biblical, all right? It's kind of biblical. Like, like, we have two ears. Like, you should listen way more than you speak. You should, you should have your ears open and ready in conversation to not just be thinking about what you're saying, not being like, okay, how am I going to win this argument? Like, that's not what we're supposed to do. We should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. We're going to talk about anger here as, as we dig into this part. Therefore, he says, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Humbly accept what? The word. The word. All right. That is, that is where? Planted in you. That's why we get you into the Bible. We want the word to be planted in you. We want God's word to be inside of you, that you know it. And it's that word, that gospel, the truth, and everything centered on Christ, that can save you, but it's your choice if you walk into that salvation, right? Salvation is a gift. It's not forced upon. He's saying, walk into it. um, Put off the old self. Put off the sin. Put off the stuff that's so prevalent all around us or all around the world we live in. We don't want to be like the world. We want to be like Christ. He says, put off the things of the world, and put in the word. Rest in the word. Plant the word inside of you. It's a replacement. It's a replacement process. And he talks about anger, right? says, and don't, uh, don't, <clears throat> excuse me, and be slow, right? Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Human anger. Human anger. Let's talk about anger. Um, I, I, like I said earlier, um, this, this last week, uh, this last week, um, both Nikki and I got sick and Luke. Nat didn't get it, um, and it was just a, it's a weird bug. I don't even know what it was. I was just really dizzy, really weak, like didn't have energy, just lethargic. Like, it was just a weird thing, and if, if you ask Nikki what happens in Tim when he gets sick, this is what happens. Leave me alone. Don't come near me. I'm grumpy. That's Tim. Do I anybody, anybody like that? Anybody? You just you're a grumpy, sick. Like, just leave me. Don't don't talk to me. Don't touch me. Don't. And if you like say one thing to me, it's like ah, leave me alone. Like that's I turn into and I'm like ah, I hate that about myself. You know, I hate that about myself. And that's where I was this week. I'm like okay, Jesus, I know I'm talking about anger this week. So thank you for that. You know, like <laughs> like I I get that's what happens. Like it's a, a sermon illustration. Put it put me through it so I can teach it. Um, but it's it's those moments right where you're like just grumpy, angry, that kind of stuff. And that's just. If you're human, that's just Tim just being grumpy, being angry, that's in my flesh, that's in my sin nature, like, it just comes out. And there's no purpose for it, no point for it, it's not helpful. Here's what, here's what I think, though, when we, when we get angry in, in unhealthy ways, when, when we get angry, I think there's a bigger issue at, at hand. And here's what it is. I think the root of human anger is control. That if I ask you a question, why are you so mad about something? Like, why are you so, and maybe it's this morning you're coming, you are feeling anger about something. I don't, I don't know what it is. I would ask you, how in control are you over that situation? And you'd probably say, not very, right? Or I'm trying to be. Or I keep trying to control, but it's not working, so it makes me even more angry. First off, you may have a control issue. Like, that's an old other sermon, all right? But, <clears throat> but usually when our anger bubbles up and comes out, it's because we don't have control. Something's outside of our control. And it comes out in anger. Can I get an amen? Does is is that connect with you? When I was working on the sermon, I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's what happens. And so what's the issue? How do we put off that kind of human anger? Now, there's a different kind of anger over here that I'm not talking about because it's not in the passage. It's called righteous anger. Like righteous anger is when you're angry about something that angers God, right? So like killing people, you should be angry about murder, right? <laughs> like, like God does not... He, he doesn't want murder, right? You should be angry against the things that anger God righteously, but your action shouldn't be done in anger, okay? Um, it just means that you can take that anger and use it as energy for something positive. That's a righteous anger. Human anger is, I'm trying to get control if something's out of control, I don't know how to control, and because of that, your fuse goes, and it just blows out of you, right? You get frustrated, you get angry, and people around you, and usually the people are closest to you are the ones that receive, receive the shrapnel of your anger, right? It's unfortunate, but that's how it happens. So if we want to get past the root of this human anger, which is control, the opposite of control is trust, right? The opposite of control is trust. Now here, I'm going to be completely honest with you. If you are going to join us in this season of prayer and fasting, there will be moments where you are angry, For multiple different reasons. One, you might be hangry, right? (laughs) You may be fasting from something you want to eat, and you can't, and you're going to turn into those Snickers commercials, right? You're going to turn into those moments where it's like, whoa, okay, don't, uh, you know, eat some celery. No, go away. Like, 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 just drink some water, do something. Like, you may get angry, or you're giving up something that you didn't realize you were actually really unhealthily attached to, because it gave you a sense of control over something, right? So like eating something, a certain thing that you just always go back to, or, or smoking cigarettes is one of those big ones. It's like that released my stress. and really, like you, you, you lean on these things to appease you uh, even emotionally, and when you get rid of those things, I'm just warning you, you will become angry at times. Then you choose what you're going to do with it. God, I want control, but I'm going to choose to trust you in this. I'm releasing and I'm trusting you, God. You're going to have to help me. That is one of the biggest points of why you fast. It is moving from anger and control to trust and surrender in God. You're saying, God, I, I, want, I want this, or I want this thing, or I want this food, or, or I want this uh, Facebook, or what, I, I want this thing over here. But I'm choosing to set it down. I'm choosing to fast from it. And I know I'm going to get grumpy because it's what I use to you know, cope with my life. And so I'm going to learn, God, in this season to put it down and trust you instead. Would you help me? Now, that's not easy. I'm just being honest with you. It's not easy. Every time I fast, it's not easy. It's not supposed to be easy. Did anything great come into your life from something very, very easy? No. Great things are on the other side of trials on the other side of of difficult patches. It's on the other side. That's where growth happens. It doesn't happen on the peaks. Growth happens in the valleys. It's in those moments of surrender, those moments of trust. God, you have to help me in this. And this is the process in the heart of fasting, is putting off the things of the world and putting on Jesus and going to Him more and more and more. He wants to get the world out of you, and He wants to get the Word in you. That's what He wants to do in this season. So the question in this is, are you trusting God instead of yourself or the world? Okay? Are you trusting God instead of yourself in the world? Okay, what time is it? Whoa, it's 9.50. Wow, okay, I gotta hurry up here. I have two minutes. That's not happening. (laughs) Um, it's, It's really not happening. Okay, so, okay, is everybody with me on this? We're, we're laying down control. We're, we're increasing in trust. Then he keeps going. Okay, he keeps going. Now, um, I want to use an illustration here. Over here, I have got, I've got the bike that I used to exercise on. Um, you can pan the camera over for me there, Jim. Um, so, so this is my bicycle. Does any of your exercise equipment look like this? Like, right? It's just all of a sudden, like, the clothes that you, like, you, you like, painted the basement. It's like, oh, and you just kind of throw it down, and it's like, okay, and then you move on to the next thing, and, and all of a sudden, the thing that was there for a reason, because the whole point of an exercise bike—this is the bike I use—an exercise bike is to exercise, right? It's actually get on it, use it, all that kind of stuff, but when you don't use it, it just becomes another thing in the room, and it just becomes cluttered with, with whatever. Stuff just gets piled on it until it actually disappears, from the room. It disappears from your thought life. It disappears visually, you know, so you don't even need to see it to feel guilty that it's there or in the corner. Like, this is what ends up happening with some of those things, and those of you who have a piece of equipment in your home that's covered in stuff right now, you should feel guilty, all right? Like, you should, like, you spent money on it. Like, this is what we do, right? Like, the beginning of the year, I don't know how much exercise attire gets sold, but it's a lot, right? Right? I bet Dick Sporting Good is like, woo, all right, get all the stuff in. Get the spandex in. Get the little cute pink outfits with the thing and the, the whatever and, and the bands and the little weights. And, get, like, get everything because they're going to come and buy it. They're going to get ready. And even the little step things, they go, boop, 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 When they do that thing, like, get those ready. Like, they, all this equipment, all this gear. And you can get all snazzed up and prettied up and have the right stuff on and look handsome or look pretty and, like, be ready to exercise. And then imagine if you did all that stuff and you had a piece of equipment and then you set a chair right in front of it and you just sat and looked at it. I'm so proud of myself. I went, I bought the stuff, and I made a list, and I watched all those YouTube videos about how to do this the right way, and then, and then uh, I, you know, and, and here I have it all. Isn't this great? All right, I'm going to go take a shower. <laughs> what? What? But to be honest with you, that's what many, many people do with their physical bodies, right? Like actually, gyms, if you, if you sign up for a gym, they are counting on 80% of you not showing up. They just want your monthly money, that's all they want. They, they reckon that 20% of the people who actually sign up and they are partners or, or members of that gym will actually show up to work out in that gym. That's Planet Fitness. They're brilliant. Only start for $10. Da, 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 you know, oh, I can do that. And then, like, $10, $10, $10. Oh, yeah, I signed up for that thing, right? That's what they're hoping. And that is actually what happens in America. We have the stuff. We've watched the videos. We know how to use it, but we don't get on it. It has now become useless, right? We can do the same thing with our faith, we can have all the best laid plans. Right, we we can we can actually come, we can actually do something. We can show up at church. We can hear a sermon. It's like, man, that was a really good sermon. Wow, that I mean, really touched me here. Man, that last song, oh, I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then and then and then you go home, and then the next day you're like, man, did you hear about what Betsy said? Or man, Jim the other day at the office, he was being a jerk. You just you start gossiping, you start joining in with the conversations you shouldn't be joining in with. You start, and you don't look like anything like what you heard. day before. You're not exercising your faith. You're looking at it, and it's pretty, but you're not doing anything with it. Faith that's not exercised, I believe, is a dead faith. We can't just be hearers. That's what we're going to read in this passage. All right, pan, pan over with me, Jim. All right, so let's come back to the Word, because this is what he digs into in James chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. He says, therefore, what get rid of all moral filth, and the evil that's so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, right? That's what we want, the word that's planted in us. It says, do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Say this with me. Do what it says. (laughs) Like, don't just hear it. Don't just look at it. Well, wow, that was pretty. Like, it says, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. That's the Dory syndrome, right? If you've ever watched, um, uh, yeah, Finding Nemo, right? Like, Dory's, like, short-term memory. She doesn't, poof, who are you, you know? Like, you forget. It says, that's not what it's like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. They will be what? That's the difference between coach by the toilet and first class. Listening is back of the plane. Doing is the front of the plane. Listening is the exercise equipment with all the clothes on it. Doing is the piece of equipment that gets used every single day. Exercise your faith. There's a promise attached when we don't just listen, but we do it. And this is the good news. There is profit spiritually. There's benefit for you in your life when you do this. And this is the two words that he used. The promise is doing God's word, not just hearing it, gives freedom and blessing. Freedom. The the law that gives you freedom. The perfect law that gives and produces freedom. I'm telling you, we are all so strapped to things in our life, that do not give us freedom, they imprison us. They imprison us to sin. They imprison us to brokenness. They imprison like all sorts of things. You say, no, no, no. Don't just hear it and say, that was neat. Do it and be free. And then on the other side of the freedom and living into it, you get the blessing of God. Whatever God has for you, He wants it for you, in you. He's the perfect God who gives all perfect gifts from above. But they're stipulations. You have to live it out, right? You can't wish it to be true. you got to work it to be true. you got to jump all in. And the thing is, our spiritual lives are not for outward appearance. They're not for outward appearance. Remember, we, we read through the book of Luke and Jesus interacting with the Pharisees. The Pharisees had all the outward appearance of spirituality, right? It's kind of like bodybuilders. Have you ever seen a bodybuilder competition? like these, these men, I'm not going to talk about the ladies, I'm just talking about the guys. All right, so the guys show up and they've got these little skinny bikini things on, which is already a, you know, just kind of. And, and they work out all their muscles. I mean, they have a very strict diet, a very strict exercise routine, and they get their muscles to look certain ways. And they're doing it so that they can stand up on stage in front of a row of judges and appear, right? And so that they can go. And when they do this, there's one muscle right here all of a sudden goes, and they're like, that's it. He's a 10. He's got whatever that thing was, right? And then, 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 then they go, you know, and they like flex this. And I'm like, I don't have muscles like that in my backside. And they're like, "Ooh, you're like 10 out of 10, right? They're there for show. They're working out their muscles, but it's not to go lift a rock. It's not to go to work and work hard. It's not practical. They're doing it for show. It's different than the guy that's working a hard job every single day, lifting Throwing, building, growing, and then he goes and works out, he's getting stronger to do the job. This is what he's saying. Don't be the bodybuilder that looks all like, spiritually. Like, that's not the goal. The goal is to actually be fit spiritually so you can do the work of God. He says, don't just hear it and don't do it for show. Do it for God. Do it for growth. Do it to be set free and to receive and walk into God's blessings. These are the promises of God. So here's my challenge for you. Do what you know now. That sounds like a... <laughs> like, and when I'm saying this, this is what I mean. Do what you know now. Meaning, all of us in this room know certain things. Some of you have been Christ followers for not a very long time. And you're starting this journey, and you're like, I don't know a lot, Tim. And I say, that's okay. What do you know? Whatever you know, do that, right? Do that now. Whatever that is. Some of you have been in Christ for a long time, and you actually know a lot, but aren't doing anything with what you know. That's that's who he, James is talking about. It's like, why? Well, you know a whole bunch. What are you doing with it? Right. At that point, you're just a fat sheep in the pen. <laughs> you're like, I've grown and I've eaten and I've chewed and I've gotten all this stuff. But if you're not exercising it, if you're not using it, if you're not serving, if you're not, get, you're not working out that stuff, that's all you become is a fat sheep. You become a Pharisee, actually, a lot of times. It's when you start using it, that humility comes into play because then you're like, oh, I thought I knew that, but then I started serving and helping to these people, and it actually changed the way I see that. And you grow more. You with me? Are you guys with me? Okay. And so do whatever it is that you know now. It's, there's a phrase um, it's a phrase I heard a long time ago. we've used it with our boys. <laughs> and and it, it works for all of us in this room. And it's this: is that delayed obedience is disobedience. If you don't do what you know now, you're disobeying God. Do what you know. to delay what He asked and called you to do doesn't mean, well, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. It's like, well, you're still in the process of disobedience because you're delaying the obedience I've called you to. Does that make sense? And so we don't want to be delayed, obedient Christians. We want to be obedient Christians. We want to do what he says. We want to walk in freedom, walk in blessing. We want to walk in all the things that God has for us. And so in this season for us at New Hope Church, this year, 2023, we are digging into 21 days of prayer and fasting so that we can do this. We can put it into place. Because I'm going to say this, a spiritual discipline of prayer and fasting, everybody here at New Hope has no excuse. You know what it is, and we're giving you every tool to do it. So I'm asking you to obey God's word and join us in the prayer and fasting to get into the game, to start to learn how to fly first class with God, right? To start to see some things break through in your life because if you're going deeper with God, to start to persevere in ways and that you've never had to persevere before spiritually. We don't want you to be complacent. This is what fasting is. Fasting is abstaining from things that would normally feed our body or soul, Right? We talked about whether it's food, all that kind of stuff, or whether it's emotional stuff, social media, uh, anything that we, we do that. It's, it's um, abstain it for a season in order to focus and feed our spirit. I mean, we, we set those things aside, and instead of eating that lunch on that Tuesday, I'm not going to eat lunch on Tuesday. I'm going to be in my car praying to God, being intentional, and that's what I'm doing. Right? It's putting that off to put on something that gets you closer to God. We express our commitment to in our pursuit of God through faith, sacrifice, and prayer. And we read that in um passage last week, Jesus' teaching on fasting, he said, when God sees what you do in private, he will reward you. He wants to move. He's longing to do some things in your life. He's longing to break some strongholds out. He's longing to free you from sin. He's longing to bring healing in some areas. Would you take this step in the season and join us in prayer and fasting and let him do that To put off control, which leads to anger. Put on trust and let God start to move and walk through this season in in perseverance. Now, all of you sat down on something and it was this. It was a commitment card, okay? Everybody grab this right now, okay? Here at New Hope. Those of you online, um, you're going to have a commitment card that you're going to see as a QR code um, to be able to go to. If you go to mynewhope.tv forward slash commit, It'll take you to this online, okay? And you can do that. So this is what I'm asking for us to do. I'm asking for us as a church to commit to this together. A corporate season of fasting. Some of you are like, but Tim, he says you're supposed to do it in private. Yes, you're fasting during the week in private. But when we see all throughout Scripture, when there were corporate calls to fasting from spiritual leaders, they all agreed corporately to do it, and they did it, right? And so that's what we're asking. Would you commit to this? And and so on this fasting commitment card, it says your name, so put that in there, your email address, and that's important because we're going to be sending out videos every day during the week, Monday through Friday, and little encouragements to help you along that journey, okay? Uh, The pastoral staff, the teaching team, um, we're going to be emailing those. So put your email address on there, and it says, uh, I'm fasting from, so what are the things you're setting aside for this season? What are, you, what are you putting aside? When are you fasting? So this is the commitment part. I'm fasting this day and this day, or I'm fasting each day, lunch, whatever that commitment is for you. You have to put it on your schedule, right? It's not, a, well, whenever I feel like it. No, 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 because you're never going to feel like it. <laughs> it's not natural to do this. This is supernatural, and so I'm saying, when are you going to fast? And then there's a little spot for a note if you want to put a note there. And on the bottom it says, will you, you know, sign up for the emails? Click yes or no. I encourage you to click yes. If you don't click anything, we're clicking yes for you. Okay, we're signing you up for that uh, so that you can join us in that. Um, so that you can get those encouragements. And here in a moment, we're going to respond in worship. And, uh, and I, this is what we have. I'm going to have two baskets up front here. And sometime during that worship song, I'm going to ask, would you get up? take your commitment card and put it in one of these baskets. And for you what you're doing when you do that this is you and Jesus. You're saying, Jesus, I need you to help me with this. I'm committing to this. And I have to trust you in this. But here I am before you saying, I'm in. That's what it says on the back. I'm all in. <laughs> I'm all in with going deeper with Jesus in 2023. And so I'm going to ask a little bit of order in this process though. When you come up here to the front, I'm going to ask, can you stand up when we come, come through the center aisles and then come down and put your baskets in and then circle back around the outside and then back to your seat, wherever you are. If somebody needs to get in front of you, just mind just giving them room, let them get in front of you, that's okay. Um, as they do that, that way it's not like everybody's like, no mosh pit in the front kind of thing, alright? Um, so coming through the middle, those of you who are watching online, you're going to see the QR code during the worship song and you can fill this out and make your commitment that you're going to join us as well. We want to know that you joined us during this season of prayer and fasting. Now, some of you in this room, you don't even know Christ yet. You're like, Tim, this is way too much for me. I don't even know this God yet. Um, I'm going to give you an opportunity to get to know him today if you want to. Um, Here's the reality. All have sinned and fallen short of glory God. None of us can climb the ladder to heaven in our own merit. We cannot do it. God knew it, and he sent his son Jesus down the ladder from heaven to become a person, a man. To walk the way we walked. To live and be tempted, even the ways we were tempted, yet he did not sin. No sin is in him. And he chose to be put on a cross to die. The cost of sin is death. He paid for the cost of our sin through his death on the cross. And the beautiful thing about the gospel is is that God wanted you so much, He sent His one and only Son to do just that. He didn't stay dead. They buried Him. Three days later, He came and rose from the dead. By the power of the Spirit, He conquered death itself so that we can have life forever with Him and be alive in His presence. That's the good work. That's the good news. That's the gospel. And if you want that, if you want to start the, this relationship, God who knows you, he knows where you're at today. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. He knows the struggles. He knows the pains. He knows the sins. He knows the hurts. He knows all of it. And he loves you. That's why he did all that he did. Because he loves you. We're going to pray now. The lights are going to go dim. and, and I, If you want to do that and start this relationship with God, would you pray with me? Let this be your prayer to God. I say there's no magic prayer of the pastor. I, I'm a sinner just like you are who has found the Savior. And so if you want him today, you can pray this. You say, God, I believe that Jesus is your son. Thank you for sending him to this world to live a perfect life. And I believe he died on the cross to pay for my sin. Would you forgive me, God, of my sin? Would you make me real and right? Cleanse me. I want to be yours now and forever. Heal me. Free me. I give you my life. Give me your Holy Spirit. Enter into me, God, right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray and ask this. Amen. Amen. If you made a decision like that, on your Connect card, I want you to mark that Connect card. If you're, maybe you're recommitting to God. You've been away from Him for a long time. You've been sitting in the back of the plane, just, mm, I believe in God, but maybe today you're like, no, I want to be with God. Let us know that. If you start a relationship with Him today, let us know that. We're going to sing a song in a moment. It's an older worship song um, called Your Promises. And the chorus goes, it doesn't matter what I feel, doesn't matter what I think, my hope will always be your promises to me. We're putting off control and we're putting on trust. So as you make this commitment, realize you are trusting God in this season of prayer and fasting and you're wanting to move. So as we do that, I'm going to ask us, you know, if you're done filling that out, you can join us and sing.